Welcome to the Asking Why podcast. Our goal is to get to the root issues of systemic problems using a theological and psychological lens. We hope you enjoy. Putman Restoration is a proud sponsor of the Asking Why podcast. Putman Restoration specializes in commercial disaster services, including water damage, fire, smoke, mold, and storm. Their goal and desire is to get your properties up and running as soon as possible after disaster strikes. Hospitals, schools, hotels, and large municipal buildings. Malls, churches, and large commercial properties are their specialty. Manage properties nationwide? No problem. Putman Restoration Services, their clients nationwide. They are strategically partnered with elite restoration companies throughout the U.S. and Canada, giving their clients resources during disasters where normal companies would be tapped out. Trust the professionals at Putman Restoration when disaster strikes. Visit them online at www.putmanrestoration.com or give them a call at 318-453-5029. Welcome to the Asking Why podcast. I'm your host, Clint Davis, and uh, this week we have my friend Grant Rogers on, and we're going to have some fun conversations. Grant's a veteran, business guy, um, does a lot of things, so welcome. Hey, thanks, Clint. Uh, grateful to be here, and uh, it's good to uh, sit down with you and not you know, be watching one of your, one of your podcasts on a, a uh a stranger be in one of your uh, your counselor's office. Yeah, well, awesome, man. Well, it's glad to have you. Tell tell us, our listeners, kind of what you do and what you're currently doing, and then we'll kind of go back into how you got there. Yeah, so, um, so I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, currently, um, obviously, I'm ad- advocating for veterans, um, heavily involved with the Veterans of Foreign Wars, um, and really any veteran that wants a hand up. You know, I'm a good resource uh, through my own uh, journey and meeting people. Um, or going through processes uh, of my own struggles, yeah. right? Um, I don't do the 3 a.m. phone calls anymore, um, but there have been plenty of people that have taken my 3 a.m. phone calls. Uh, so I'm I'm grateful for for all of those persons that you know uh, have been a part of my journey uh, to get me where I am uh, today. Um, I don't think a lot of people understand uh, when you help someone. That, yeah, sure, we're in the present at that moment, but you should reach back to that person and just, you know, say, hey, call them by name and, and thank you for helping me in that time. They could change their day. So uh, for any of you out there listening that have helped me uh, get me to where I am today, I just want to thank you, uh, uh, you know, from the heart. So, um, awesome. yeah, absolutely. Right now I'm, um, I'm working on a few uh, side projects uh, with some guys in uh, Monroe, West Monroe, with uh, with Parkview Apartments, uh, Nathan Hall, uh, good friend of mine, uh, he's got a great ministry uh, that he and um, Matt Napier are, okay. are doing. What's and, that called? Um, so they're with uh, the Messianic uh, Church there, uh, nice. uh, Lighthouse uh, Church, over off the service road in Monroe, um, and then it's just Parkview Ministry. Uh, so they go and uh, share the gospel. Uh, out there to that that neighborhood, so uh, it's the closest you can get to Afghanistan and Iraq, uh, <laughs> right in your backyard, you know. Um, Less IEDs, but you know. Th- that's right, a- absolutely. Thank goodness. But um, yeah, man. And then uh, doing a, a little bit of uh, Department of Defense work uh, with the with my old company, uh, and then uh, I'm actually helping out a, a roofing company as well, doing some business development for them. Uh, they're here locally. Um, and I'm trying to have fun in the process. Yeah, what what know? roofing company is it? So it's uh, Cypress Solar and Roofing. Okay, yeah. shout out to uh, Cypress Solar yeah. and Roofing. Yeah, out of Bozier. They're a great group, group of guys and um, doing a lot of good work uh, for the community. And we actually met them at VetFest um, 
through Colonel Shane McGinty. Okay. Um, and they donated to the cause. Uh, they gave back to some uh, local nonprofits uh, here in the area. And um, I believe they just had that, and it's still still going strong. So so kudos to those guys, and, and shout out to that group that, that's carrying that that initiative on uh, here in this community. That's awesome, man. Well, tell us a little bit about kind of where you're from, you know, give us your story and how, you know, I know you're a veteran, but you yeah. know, tell me whatever, you know? Yeah, man. So uh, from Monroe, West Monroe, originally um, joined the army when I was 17, uh, traveled the world. And, and what year was that? That was in 2006. Okay. Uh, I was actually delayed entry uh, to West Monroe high school, joined as a junior, did the whole basic train thing. Um, and then you came back and I came then back. did senior year and then did AIT? I did, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did AIT and the, the whole split up, you know, option. And um, so I did that and went to Fort Huachuca, um, did the whole intelligence thing and got to 114 Cav at, at Fort Lewis. And um, I was definitely not in Kansas anymore, right? <laughs> I was like, where am I? This is not – I didn't even go to an intelligence um, assignment, uh, went to, uh, the Calvary and the rest is history, right? Had the time of my life, uh, but was also very lost in that time. Uh, so, you know, struggling with that identity, uh, the, the abandonment issues from, um, from the male figure and or male figures in my life and trying to find that identity in the military, mm. um, so, so yeah, and I haven't really, um, haven't really unpacked that until over, you know, the, the past two years. Wow. Yeah. So it's a lot of self-discovery because when I first entered this healing journey in 2015, when I got out, I just raised my hand and said, hi, my name's Grant. I have PTSD from getting blown up by an IED. Oh. And that was the furthest from the truth. Mm-hmm. So um, that's when the work started. That's when um, I really started to understand what the hero's journey um, is and, and was. And we can live it and go through it um, daily, really, if we, if we want to. Um, but being intentional is super important. Uh, words matter people matter. And I think we're not going as fast as the world tells us we are. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think people are very, um, you know, with the phones and the expectations and whatever else you want to label it as, um, at the end of the day, we're still human. And that's what I found for myself is, you know, I, I try and remind myself, Hey, you have to slow down. Right. Um, and slowing down to speed up and you know the military was such an accelerator you know for us uh for me um that you know i found the the nonprofit work and the advocacy work to be fulfilling but then i found it to be taxing Mm -hmm. and i found it to be taxing because i was still trying to live that identity in which did not serve me anymore right so big aha moments um some some habituals came out of that, you know, um, ch- you know, chasing chasing women, uh, dabbling in alcohol, um, just living, you know, uh, you know, dead men walking. Mm-hmm. You know, I recently uh, recently went to Nashville to uh, to record a song, 
and I'm telling my story. And uh, it was actually one of Jason Aldean's songwriters, and he's like, man, we're, you're just a dead man walking. Mm-hmm. And I believe that anybody who is trying to find their identity in anything else other than Christ in their hero's journey is just a dead man walking. Yeah, it's you good, know? man. Yeah, one of the, our kind of tagline for Clint Davis Counseling is, you know, uh, you know, taking these, you know, internal things and changing them for external, you know, solutions. And and the reality is, is that like most people are looking to external things to change their internal solution. And without that internal motivation, without that internal knowledge that you're loved and you're valued and you're securing Christ's care, that's the foundation, right? That scripture says is on solid rock versus the sinking sand of, you know, whether it's your career or the military or the medals or the performance or, you know, the women or the drugs or the, you know, yeah, all the things that we fill our time and energy with when we're really looking, you know, for that validation and, you know, you talk about trauma and family trauma and it's like, yeah, when you, when you haven't, um, you know, had a model for good manhood or masculinity when you, when no one has, you know, said, Hey, you're now a man, you know, this transition into manhood, but most men in American culture, we don't get that. And so we're all in our forties. I mean, I know I'm 40 and I still feel like sometimes like, am I a man yet? Like, have I arrived at adulthood? Right. (laughs) You know, like is someone going to tell me when that becomes the thing and I can start, you know, believing in myself enough to like write a book or do a podcast or, and that's what hinders us is that we, we don't feel that confidence to get out there and do that because, you know, we don't have mentors and leaders. And so, um, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, I, and something that, uh, you know, my fiance has talked to me about is, um, there's a fine line between trying to control something and trying to be that affirmed man and protect. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then we have conversations of, well, I can't find my identity in, you know, fatherhood abandonment. abandonment. I have to find my identity in, you know, God the Father. Yep. And so that, you know, I'm still in basic training with that. Yeah. Um, and the, I'm very much in the crawl phase of... What, <laughs> red week. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> red phase. Every time I, I, you know, mess up, i got to go back to red phase. But uh, yeah. that is comforting because uh, I I recently learned a term of uh, spiritual trauma. Mm. Being from the South, um, you know, I'm I'm sitting there at at Save a Warrior, and I'm on one side, and there's 12 of us, um, and there's another guy at the end, uh, Jacob Schick, and uh, he's from, you know, this area, and uh, he says, well, I'm from the South where we get drunk on Saturdays and go to church on Sundays. Mm. And those words rang true, you know, for me. And so I, I, there was a shift in me um, last year um, when I reclaimed my life to Christ because I, it doesn't, I don't have to go inside of four walls to have the Holy Spirit within me, mm-hmm. right? You, you talked to, you know, a minute ago about having... Um, that peace and that healing with, within you, and um, I didn't for a long time, right? And we're searching for these external factors when really we've got to take a good hard look in the mirror, say it's you versus you, and and what can we change about ourselves? See, I have this, uh, maybe it's a disease, I want to control everything else because of my own insecurities, mm-hmm. my ego or otherwise, right? And 
man, just a just a wild ride to do some self discovery, uh, sitting in counseling and learning that you know rejection is protection and um, you, you have an ego because there's an insecurity. And it's like, well, what is that, right? Because no no other human can fill that void, right? So once you recognize that and you're mindful of that, that's really when the work begins. It is, man. Well, it's when you can start taking personal responsibility. Right. You know, Jocko, right? He talks yeah. about this rugged or radical responsibility. And I don't like a lot of his stuff, but I think from a Christian perspective, what that's really saying is um, at some point I have to acknowledge you know, my pain points, like the places where I was wounded and hurt and where I didn't get what God intended. And, you know, there was, you know, a lack of a parent or some violence or some abuse. And I need to own that and sit in that so that I can move out of the victim seat. Right. So that I can then go, okay, well now what? And I think a lot of times in church, you know, we're like, well, God is good or Philippians, this says this, and we'll, we'll throw some scripture at the pain yeah. And and thinking that'll move us through the pain into responsibility. But really it's sitting with another person um, and processing that pain and then being able to go, okay, well, now I see it. Now I'm looking at it. Now what's it really mean? Like does that really mean and say something negative about me or does it say something negative about the situation or the pain in the other person? And we get to start externalizing those negative thoughts and those negative belief systems rightly instead of internalizing them into, well, I'm a piece of crap and I'm terrible and I always mess this up. Right. You know, and, and that's what gives us movement. Right. Yeah. And that, that shame, right. That, it, that's the moral injury is, is brutal, you know, and they're experiencing that. And I think a lot of people don't even know that they are experiencing that. Nope. Right. And someone, um, said to me what's going on inside of you probably isn't what's going on outside out here mm -hmm. and i had to i still say it to myself you know and, yeah um well carl young is big you know yeah. he's big about like the perception that everybody else has of you the distance that that that's from the perception that you have of yourself right mm -hmm. and the closer those two things get together the more integrated you are as a person yep. so it's like when who you think you present to everybody and who you actually are get closer than the healthier, you know, you become. And yeah, a lot of us, because we've just never, we've never been seen by another human being, right? We never actually have been seen. Like they see that we're sitting here, yeah, but they don't know all of the things and hear all of the things and they're still staying. It's when that happens that we start to get some solid footing on like, I am worthy. I am valuable because yeah. you just saw my mess and you're still here. That's right. You know? Yeah. And that's and, a beautiful thing. And that, and that's a Jesus thing. It is. That, that, that doesn't make sense to the world. Well, absolutely. And um, I'll say all the time, you know, I'm a baseball guy. And so, man, I'll think everything's going on good inside of here. I'll take the ball, want to pipe it right down, you know, the, the strike zone, and I hit the batter in the head. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I can't get that one back. Yeah. You know, and it's it's brutal because mm -hmm. you, you hit that person in the head and they're going to respond, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You don't just keep hitting people in the head and then them not respond to you. Yeah. And um, so that's been that's been a struggle, you know, taking that feedback and exploring, you know, who we are as persons I think is powerful. I think, uh, you know, I'll say this a lot too, you know, AA, the, the, the big book and, and the Bible are close competitive 
competitors. <laughs> they just are. And um, I, I see a lot. Of it's almost like they got all the principles out of, you know, they're from somewhere. Oh, they for sure did. <laughs> yeah. The, hence the Bible, right? <laughs> um, so uh, a buddy of mine who, who's a veteran, he um, came out of um, rehabilitation recently and he said, you know, Grant, did you know that this area, um, Stockton Washtenaw Parish in, you know, northern Louisiana is one of the largest recovery uh areas in the in the US? And I said, No, I didn't know that. Um But I, I like to look, you know, at the the body of Christ, right? The 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 persons that are going mm-hmm. that all of us, you know, our brothers and sisters, if we all just put our our swords down, right? And we all took some self-inventory. Um, I know I'm, I'm a dreamer, so I'm dreaming right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we took some self-inventory, and we came together as one body. Man, that'd be a powerful day. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what Paul... I was talking to somebody. I can't remember who told me this, so I don't. I want to get it off. But they were talking about, um, you know, Paul talking about the peace that surpasses all understanding, right? We hear that a lot, that as Christians, we want to have this peace that surpasses all understanding that they were saying, I think a lot of that has to do with Paul's perception of wanting the church to find unity, Mm. that it's not, it is also, you know, having the Holy spirit is about having this peace within you, contentment within you in spite of the circumstances. Um, but, but it's also about, the unification of the church and that, man, if we could just have peace between one another, we could do so much for the world. And yet, you know, the same battle that rages in all of us is raging within the the other people that exist. And so people are hard and church is hard and religion is hard and, you know, it's a mess. Yeah. But you know, God does have a plan and oh yeah, he's doing his plan in spite of us. Yeah. And, and the Bible talks about everything that's happening right now. Um, you know, we were talking offset before we got on, um, my good friend, Doc, uh, Springer, um, has been a a huge help in my life and and a lot of, you know, warriors lives. And, uh, she is a trusted, uh, professional in, in the trauma world. And just as a, you know, being a good human being. And she said, Grant, um, and if I don't quote her correctly, don't, y'all don't, you know, yeah, yeah, please. But, uh, she said, Grant, if you didn't have trauma before COVID, you now, you now have trauma. And so it's a, a level playing field, mm-hmm. right? So it goes back to what you're saying about people meeting each other where they're at. Um, not going, you know, and I used to be and probably still am bad about this. I want to go deep real quick, right? And other people are like, whoa, it's too much too fast, yeah. man. You know, but a little at a time, I think if you have that good discernment, you're in the word, you can tell you know, friend from, from foe, but Mm -hmm. even, you know, praying for our enemies and, you know, um, persons that may not be on the right path or good for you. Um, we still need to be able to, you know, show them, um, love. And that's something that wasn't, uh, necessarily, um, taught, you know, to me, um, as a kid, uh, and, and as a young man, I believe, you know, religion, so to speak, was just passed down. Um, it wasn't that of the Holy Spirit. So it was like the telephone game, right, mm-hmm. in school. And um, I, I think, you know, going back to what you said earlier, um, you know, the something along the lines of, you know, identity and, 
you know, am I a man at 35? Am I a man at 45? You know, having that relationship with Christ, finding your identity, you know, in in Him and the Holy Spirit, I believe equips us and affirms us enough mm-hmm. to use the Bible as our weapon, right? And regardless of friend and foe, you can't go wrong with with the Bible. Mm-hmm. You can't. Um, <laughs> and as as I'm sitting here saying this, I could just as easily get in my vehicle, drive off, someone cut me off, and I, I've got a decision to make, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, it's super powerful to to surrender, you know, the warrior um, that was in the military, right, and become a warrior in God's army. Yeah. So tell me about it a little bit. I wanted to talk about you. You love the hero's journey. So yeah. for people listening, kind of tell us about, you know, how you came to that, what that is. And let's dive into that a little bit. Yeah, man. So, um, I was, uh, I was bad off, um, back in 2017, a buddy of mine, uh, Jacob Ware gave me a call. He goes, uh, is your, is your wood dry? I'm like, my wood dry. What are you talking about? Um, he was like, well, is your wood dry? Because you can't um, start a fire on, on wet wood. Mm. And what he was meaning is, is, is your, are, you, are you drinking? Are you drugging? Are you sober? And I said, well, I'm not sober. Mm-hmm. He said, I can tell. And uh, he goes, you need to come to Save a Warrior. I was like, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> I'm not going. You yeah. know? <laughs> Hard um, pass. Yeah, so, and that's <laughs> a part of the hero's journey. You know, Joseph Campbell talks about it. Um, and it's told in, you know, Star Wars and um, a lot of different movies. Castaway. I mean, pretty much every good film has yes. got the hero's journey. It, it does. Yeah. So um, I'm like, okay, what is this? What is this hocus pocus stuff, man? Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely not going to this. So I surrendered. I went, and um, it changed the trajectory of my life and my decision making. And I started, you know, I went from there to start working the domains um, that that make my wheel spin and move forward. Right. So that was pretty cool to, to start. And, um, whenever you're, you're there, it was a week long process. I believe it's three days. Now you start save a warrior, save a warrior. You start off and, um, you, uh, you answer the call. Right. But the first step is refusal of the call. So I refuse the call. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's the call to action or call to adventure. Right. So you're going on the journey. You get assigned. Um, you go from the ordinary world um, to the unknown world, mm-hmm. right? In the unknown world, you'll find allies, shepherds, um, and the deepest, darkest secrets that are in your soul. Right, right. This is also Dante, you know. It's, yeah. yeah. And you're just there, and you're just sitting with yourself and 11 other warriors, and you're just unpacking your stuff. And you're just like, what is this? Yeah. You know? And... Um, and so once that's unpacked, um, you you know you basically forgive you know forgiving yourself, forgiving others, and um, there there are other parts you know uh, to it that are are sacred from when warriors came home from war, mm-hmm. but going from that unknown world and then back into the known world, whole new perspective perspective. Yep. And for persons that aren't in, you know, for programs uh, such as that, just put your phone down for a week, go get lost in the woods and come back and you'll have a whole new perspective Mm -hmm. um, without working all the the steps, so to speak. But uh, that's near and dear to my heart because 
I like to, in my day-to-day life, do a personal check-in to see where I'm at in my own hero's journey. And when you come out the other side, instead of being the victim and laying in the pit of the unknown world, uh, you come out a victor, Mm -hmm. right? And I think we've got a lot of victims out there in in our society that try and make meaning of their stuff uh, when at the end of the day we're all sinners. We're all, you know... um, going to leave this this earth um you know someday and we can't take anything with us mm-hmm. you know that doesn't mean you know a lot of people say well you only live once well what you do only live here in the flesh once mm-hmm. um and i won't get into that um that take this conversation in a totally different direction but i think for warriors who are recruited I, i'm convinced we're recruited from um, um, dysfunctional families, um, and AA, so to speak, as you know, a- a- alcoholics, anonymous, dysfunctional families. Let's quit putting labels on it, right? Sin is sin. Mm-hmm. Let's just quit labeling everything. And um, if you don't believe, that's okay. But if you do believe, then share your love and and sharpen someone else's iron uh, who isn't a believer. Because uh, my faith has been tested, right? Yeah. Um, especially in the military, you're in the most diverse group, you know, out there. And I believe, Clint, that that was preparation. That entire journey was a hero's journey for the war that is here now yeah. at the front gates uh, of, of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't say, and, and I said, you know, before this, um, that you know, COVID and, and all that, it's just, I believe it's just getting started. You know, the world is a mess right now. Um, but we're not that old um, as, as a country. And um, this, is, this is not new. Yeah. And this is by design. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, you know, you can talk politics and he said, she said, it's very cut and dry in my soul. It's good versus evil. Mm-hmm. Pick a side because you can't stand in the middle. Yeah. Or at least I can. Yeah, I mean, I think guys who <clears throat> have been in the military, people who have, you know, that I've talked to that have, you know, they did the religious thing. They went to church and then they joined the Army or, you know, the Navy or the Marines or whatever, um, Air Force. And then they come out the other side and then they kind of find their faith again. They do tend to have a different perspective on war and mm-hmm. the spiritual warfare that's happening and the the clear lines between right and wrong and good and evil. And so I do think that is as traumatic as being in the military can be and all the difficulty that comes with it and all the pain and suffering, you know, God can use that for good so that you are a certain type of person within the faith that that has a clearer line. And so I think that's cool to hear you talk about and and I know I experienced and you know, I, I think you're right. I think that most people who in America today, you know, we have lots of trauma and everybody has tough things to deal with, but we do get focused on, Oh man, this was so bad and this was so hard and this was so difficult and I don't have this and I didn't have this and my mom did this. And, and those are all things, like I said, at the beginning that we need to process out, but it's not letting those things become your identity either. Right. Right. And Oh, I'm, I'm an alcoholic and that's my identity. Oh, I'm addicted to porn and that's my identity. I'm a divorcee and that's my identity. You know, whatever the thing is that's happened to you, it doesn't define who you are. Absolutely. Right. It, it, but it does highlight 
who you, you know, can be and, and the strengths and gifts that God has used that thing that I think the enemy has tried to use for evil and turn it for good, as scripture says. And then you go, okay, well, in spite of myself and my sin, and even though I'm, I'm, you know, more likely to use it this way in a negative way, man, look at the gift that it is. And I think about that with our ministry and counseling and, you know, my story. And, you know, it's like, well, if I never struggled with abuse, if I never struggled with porn, if I never struggled with these things, then I wouldn't be able to see clearly the problems that other people have in the way, in the unique way that God's gifted me to do it. So I don't, you know, I don't regret that those things happen. Do I want them to happen again? No. And do I want them to happen to other people? Absolutely not. But as part of my identity, I have to say, well, that was just, you know, part of a fallen, broken world. And now what? Right. You know, what do I, how do I make meaning out of those things and purpose out of those things? And, use them for other people. And and I think like you've said, and we've talked about like the more you share that stuff with people in your sphere of influence, the more they go, Oh, me too. Like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that I was, I thought I was the only one struggling. I know veterans especially feel that way. You know, they're like, I think I'm the only one who thinks like this or experienced this or, you know, and then people start sharing and you're like, Oh crap. You know, I'm not the only one who is, is like this or struggles. Right. Yeah. And you know, the, the me too the it's okay not to be okay um the i've got your six all those are very um i'd say markety yep nowadays um but because they have such demand it just shows you that we're all human and the need and the need right yeah yeah it's, and it's huge 100 percent. and and so much of it you know it has a little bit of truth mm-hmm. you know and then a lot of marketing and manipulation and i yep. think people with trauma they smell a rat real quickly, yeah. right? They know when something's fake, they're, they're hypervigilant. They're like, wait, hold on. I need authenticity because authenticity is safe. Yeah. And so I think the problem within the secular world is they have part of it right, right? Inclusivity, you know, these things. But because they're missing the human element, the gospel element, the Holy Spirit element, then it just doesn't land. So I, I want to kind of unpack that because yeah, something's sure. coming up for me is that, you know, going back to the spiritual trauma of people who haven't experienced a healing journey but are still going to church and preaching at others who have experienced a healing journey but don't have Christ like the person who's judging says that they do, mm-hmm. man, that right there I believe is the gap. You know, you you talked about you wrote a book uh, uh, involving bridge, mm-hmm. right? So in that, generationally speaking, World War II, um, as the men came home, I mean that's what quote unquote built America, but the abuse that was in there and passed down generationally, and well, we've always done it this way. How do we break those chains? Yeah, right. And but keep that connective tissue and that bridge and that lineage of of our brothers and sisters in Christ mm-hmm. right so I that's that may be another no it's good we can podcast, dive into it for but... a minute um, I think yeah I mean I think what we have to look at as people that are trying to figure out how we got here and uh, in the book building better bridges like that's kind of where I take us on a journey of parenting and abuse and trauma and, and all of that is going okay where where have we been where are we and then where are we going Right, And so whatever sphere that we're working in, that's what we have to do. We have to look at the history of what's happened, where have we gotten. And I think within what you're talking about is, you know, just the historical lens of like 
trauma and the effects on the the family and the men in our country that went from you know Vietnam to you know you know parenting and then industrial revolution and then you know feminism and all the things that have come out of those things that that have taken the uh, and again, none of those are good or bad. It's just that they're the things that are impacting the culture and we have to stop and go, okay, well, how are they impacting the culture? Right. You know, have we built a bridge between this season and this season that can hold all the things we're trying to tell people that now they have to be and do. And, and it, and we haven't done that. We haven't stopped no. and assessed, you know, af, uh, what is it? After action review. All right. You know, it's like, we don't do any of that. No. You know, in the military, for those not listening, you know, we'll do an event, we'll do an, a thing, and then we'll come back and sit down and go, okay, we did this, let's review it, let's talk about what went good, let's went, what went bad, um, so that we can do better the next time. But I think as, an, as Americans and our government and the people that are in charge of these systems, they don't really do that. No. You know, everything's moving so fast, and, and then you insert, I know we're getting, you know, we're talking about it, but like, then you insert technology into that. The internet came in in the nineties and then the phone and then the iPads. And then, and all that did was just put steroids into an already Magnified huge problem. It. Yep. Right. And then COVID hit mm -hmm. and there was all this dry wood ready to light on fire yep. and COVID just lit it all on fire. And so in good ways, we're having these conversations. There's been podcasts. People have felt empowered. People are all talking about their traumas and their abuses. They have Instagram pages to talk about, you know, all these things, which is great. The problem is, is like now the average person's like, well, how do I disseminate what's good information, right information, and what I'm supposed to do with it? Right. And that's part of what, you know, I feel like our role as a, as a practice and my role is like a whatever you want to call me. Um, is to kind of clear through that and go, let's make it practical and day to day for people. So they actually know what to do. Yeah. I think we have to get back to the basics. Yes. Right. It's simple. Keep it yeah. simple. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. keep it simple, stupid, yeah, right? Keep, so. Yeah. The kiss method. <laughs> yeah, and, right. uh, we just make too much out of everything. I think and it, it, if we stop and go, okay, it's pretty clear what's happened. Oh yeah. You know, and now we have the great thing is we have lots of science to back it up. Yeah. And that's, you know, we almost have to uh, reverse engineer the hero's journey. Yeah. Right. And go into the past, which is now the unknown world, mm -hmm. because everybody rushed the hill into this new uh, fictitious whatever. And I don't care if you have 100 million followers, uh, that's not going to pay the bills on the hospital or clean the hospital or the brick and mortar. And so uh, of the hospital. I use the hospital as, as an example, but these things, these devices are so uh, pervasive and, um, and intrusive in our lives. And so that technology, so to speak, has um, falsely um, taught our generations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. There's a chapter in the book called digital immigrants versus digital natives. And it talks about, it kind of expounds on who are these kids, these teenagers, these young kids that we're parenting now and who are we and what's the kind of historical thing that's happened that have, that have separated us. And I think people don't realize that we live in the first generation ever where the age gap, the divide between the parent and the child is what, what would have been a hundred years is now a thousand years. Right. You know, because right. we didn't have any of this well, stuff. Well, I'll go back to the Bible and just in my 
you know, the way my brain thinks is that I can take all that away, right? And we can talk about the cinematics and the minutiae or whatever big word that you want to say uh, on the in-between, or I could cut you and you cut me and we both bleed red. Right. Right? It's very human. Mm-hmm. So if we were to get rid of that, we'd find more uh, common struggles regardless of the device. Yeah, and I think that's right? the spiritual attack is that, you know, <clears throat> Satan and his minions, and, you know, they, they don't want us to focus on the human things. No. You know, that's why it says the, the battle is against flesh, uh, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and evil forces in the heavenly realms. It's like, you know, all of these things, religion, politics, phones, porn, addiction, drugs, alcohol, they're all just symptomatic of the problem. That's right. You know, yeah. and, and they're just all like confusing us and, and we can go on a really deep theological thing. But I think in Revelation 7, 9, it talks about um, that John stands before a great multitude of every tribe, tongue and nation. Mm. Right. So what we're getting a picture of in, in Revelation is, OK, this is the end times. And, and we're, we're John is seeing heaven and he's seeing that one person, at least from every tribe, tongue and nation that exists is before the throne, worshiping the lamb. Okay, mm-hmm. so if that's the end goal, if that's what's going to happen, then how does that happen? Well, that means that we live on earth and there are different tribes, tongues, and nations, and they all have to be reached with the gospel one way or the other, right? Right. So if this whole thing's going to wrap up and heaven's going to come to earth and everything's going to be redeemed and reconciled as we believe as Christians, then there has to be a representative of every tribe, tongue, and nation according to Revelation 7-9. So the Great Commission of Go Reach right? Judea, Jerusalem, and the ends of the earth that we're all called to do is part of the plan. It's like, if we need this whole thing redeemed, then in order for God to get the most glory out of, you know, the world, then he needs the most representatives worshiping him, Hmm. right? He needs, he wants all of his children to have a representative. He wants everybody to be redeemed, right? That's his goal. But in order to get the most glory, then he has to have reached the entire ends of the earth, right? We've got to fulfill our mission. God's not going to come down and zap people like Zeus and make them all worship him. He's not an abuser. He's using us and our relationships to reach everybody. So what's the point? Well, the point is, is that there are about uh, 5,700 unreached people groups still on earth, right? Wow. Yeah. There are more sending missional sending organizations in America then there are people groups left to reach. Hmm. Fun fact. So it's like foster care. There are more churches in Louisiana than there are kids to foster in Louisiana. So if one church, if one person in every church, one family in every church in Louisiana fostered a child, there would be no more kids to foster. I think that's a call to action. If everybody, if, if, if every sending organization in America sent one group of people to an unreached people group, mm-hmm. there would be no unreached people. So what are we doing? Right? What we're doing is we're getting caught up in flesh and blood blood battles. So, you know, Satan and his minions know that that it's over. Right? They know who Jesus is. They are terrified of him. They flee from his name. Yeah. And so they're like, look, we know, we don't think we're gonna win. We're just gonna extend this as long as we can, because as long as the right. earth is moving and there's sin and brokenness and Christ isn't coming to restore all things, we still we still got things to do. We're still celebrating. We're still, you know, abusing and, and prowling like lions and destroying families. So their whole goal is to, in my opinion, you know, confuse us and buffer us mm-hmm. and keep us entertained and numbed and asleep so that we don't believe 
that we have the power inside of us to help other people and to lead other people to salvation and they don't have the power. So it's like, does that make sense? Yeah, it sounds like sorry, attorneys. Sorry, that tangent, it sounds yeah. like attorneys in the judicial system, <laughs> for sure. Right? They just want to perpetuate it. Uh, yeah, and you know, but yet they swear on the Bible. It's it's the craziest thing, and, and that's what's crazy for me, Clint. Yeah. And all this is resonating, but it's like, wait a second. You know, we, I went to Iraq and Afghanistan, and a few other places, and I come back and I'm like, whoa, why did I leave? Mm-hmm. The mission's right here at home. You know, the mission's. In our, in our in your neighborhood, yeah, in neighborhood, and and even though it's so simple, sitting here, right, we're essentially tied up doing everything else. To your point, mm-hmm. and we're we're not slowing down to nope. speed up, right? We're not having intentional conversations Ooh. to say, "Hey, Clint, how are you today?" Yep, we don't have time. How many times you walk past someone, and you're like, "Hey, how are you?" Oh, I'm good. Really? Mm-hmm. Are you really good? Yeah. Or do you have 30 minutes to talk about how good you are? Yeah, well, I think that's a, I mean, that's a lifestyle switch. And, sure. Uh, and, a, you know, I think we're getting into a season in America and in American Christianity where people are going to have to make some radical changes. Yep, you know? absolutely. And you're going to have to choose a side. Um, and, you know, I see more operators um that have chosen to give their life to Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's a powerful thing because of... operator, what do you mean for people? Uh, Navy SEALs, yeah. right? Uh, Delta operators, um, uh, Army Rangers, those, the elite forces in the military, um, they're humans, you know, just like you and I are. Um, parts of them go the extra mile, and, and they are extremists, you know, in their own way, but, um, Hollywood, yeah, just, just a, just a hair. A, yeah, just a hair. <laughs> um, Hollywood in America, um, created the sugar high, um, on the quiet professional. Right. And it's good to see those guys say, Hey, I'm going to be an operator for Christ. Mm. I believe in the Holy spirit. This is real. I've seen, and they've seen some things as you and I have, and people have, I don't care if it's a, IED, uh, gunshot, or, or a, a car accident, right? Mm-hmm. Trauma is trauma. Um, not to be compared, but there are people turning to Christ, you know, uh, good, good or bad. I mean, you look at uh, Victor Marks or um, uh, Sean Ryan, Sean Ryan show. He's got an mm-hmm. awesome show. Um, and it's just organic, much like this. It's just happening. Yeah. Right. There's well, no. Yeah. You look at like Rogan's had like Joe Rogan has had like, you know, six or seven Christians on his show recently. Yeah. And so it's just been interesting to watch that dynamic of like, you know, seven years ago, he's making fun of Christianity. And now he's got people who are his friends who have come to Christ. And now they're right. on the show going, well, this is why I think the Bible's authentic and why Christ is authentic. And he's listening. And so there is a movement, I think, to, you know, I thought I know we've talked about like, things being hard and messy, but <clears throat> I still believe that um, there's a movement of the Holy spirit in in America and in the world to continue to get that revelation seven, nine done to, to, to reach the lost and to reach people with the gospel through relationships. And, um, yeah, the people who are going through and doing hard things, they're sometimes the first people to see it, but yeah. I have hope in, in the fact that that, that is still a thing. Yeah. Know? But if we tie that to the hero's journey, right. Who people return victors, Yep, you know, from, 
from watching movies that express the hero's journey or the storytelling uh, that's in there, you know, the good always wins. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The good always wins. Yep. The cream always rises to the, the, the top. And what, what's the, what's the saying? Um, uh, strong men create, yeah, yeah. You, you know, I'm, you know yes. where I'm going with that. Yes. Uh, you may have to quote it. I don't want to misquote it, but it's so, I, I say that over and over again. I'll have to read it and look it up. But, uh, was it strong men create weak times? Uh, weak times create strong men. I think. I think it's that's how it like goes. That. No, I'll look it up. Yeah, keep but, going. Uh, I love the quote though. You're right. But yeah, it's just like man. That's it's such a, it's such a shift, and life wasn't meant to be easy, right? And mm-hmm. I had this thought in my head, you know, going to war, and then coming home, living in America, everything's just supposed to be, you know, happy go lucky. Um, that's the furthest from the truth. And God didn't have any intentions of this life being easy for us. No, not at all. It's the quote is hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men and weak men create hard times. Okay. So for you, those of you out there that I've got Grant's version yeah, yeah. and then that's, no, that's you know, great. Who, who, who quoted that? Uh, Michael Hoff, okay. those who remain the new world. That's the book. Um, yeah, it's true though. I mean, let's break that down for a second while we got a few more minutes. Um, hard times create strong men. So we look at our history and we go, okay, we had war, we had difficulty, but people, some people, this is, so let's clear that up. Some people gain resiliency through the hard times. Some people mm. collapse, though. True. Right? And so, and then those people who, who were resilient, those strong men or women who created, they go, okay, well, I'm strong, so I'm going to build something that is, is good for people, and I have the strength to persevere and create the next season of life um, that is peaceful for people and protected. Well, then now things are comfortable and peaceful, and so that can create people who are weak because they're not building resiliency. There's no difficulty. There's no stress, and those those weak men then create hard times, mm. and I think we're in the cycle of, you know, in some ways we've created or, you know, there's a little bit of both. Cre- these We have this, like, weak time right now where people are, they don't, they lack resiliency. You know, they they're not having to struggle with um day-to-day survival functioning where they're going to eat how they're going to live in america especially right other countries still are um but in america we have a lot of comfort a lot of entertainment a lot of wealth and now people listening to this are going to go well i feel like i'm struggling and i'm miserable and i don't have any money and you know you don't know i live paycheck to paycheck and it's like okay but in comparison to 80 percent of the rest of the entire world you're doing pretty good yep Right, like, yeah, I think it's all that extra stuff too that invalidates them as well. Uh, oh, well, yeah, I mean, the thing that we're killing ourselves to work to earn only tells us we're pieces of crap who need more and need to work and earn more. So yep. it's like, it's it's horrible. Hmm. What I'm really trying to teach people in individual and in just community and in churches as we're doing trainings is how do we find that balance of and in the book like building resilient children and becoming resilient ourselves. Yeah, and it's. The military puts you through stress inoculation. They put you, but they put you in the sense that you collapse, unfortunately. Yep. I, I love the jujitsu yeah, method. Absolutely. Um, I'm still avoiding it. Oh, no, come on. <laughs> you got to come, I know, man. I know. You got to come. I've, I've been told, but I believe, you know, people say, well, you should join the military. And that's not a, that's not a fix all. Um, <laughs> no. you know, th- and I had an aha moment. I was like, wait a second. I was running from my childhood trauma. I joined the military that's camouflaged, so I covered it up. I became something, my identity, 
right, was in that. And then when I came out of it, here I am, warts and all, yeah. I'm exposed. Oh, it's rough, oh, man. Oh, crap. You it's know? rough, dude. Because you do. You go into it, you know, most people who are in the military go into the military with trauma, mm-hmm. with identity crisis, with issues, looking for that thing, looking for the band of brothers and sisters, looking for connection, looking for family. And it is in there in small ways. Yeah. And there are small groups within it that are healthy. But, I mean, to be honest, for the mass majority, it's a system like any other system that chews people up and spits them out. Yeah. Because if it wasn't, then the suicide rate wouldn't be. Yeah, 22 a day. Yeah. You know, so. which, by the way, is still 22 a day. You know, I say all the time, like, you know, it was mission 22 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't it be at least mission 19? Right. right? Like, what are we doing? You know what right. I mean? Like, why? If we've been for a decade working on reducing military suicide, how is the number the same? And right. so I think that that's because the, the root, the thing that we're trying to hit at are symptomatic and not root issues, mm. you know, root problems. Mm. And if it goes we, back to that internal, yeah, it's yeah. like all this mental health stuff, all the trauma work, all the you know, stuff that we have improved is still just sometimes behavior modification. Yeah. And it's not getting to who is in your soul. Like, who are you deep down underneath all of this stuff? Mm. You know, and I think the only way to get there with people is to, to do what Jesus did, which is be in relationship with people. And have these conversations, man, and just go, I want to get to know you, I want to listen to you, I want to hear your story. And now after I've heard your story and I know you a little bit, let's unpack some of that and work through that together and have some coffee and have some dinner. And yeah. But too many people are, you know, trying to you know, fast track all that and, and you can't do that without relationships. That's right. Yeah, it uh, reminds me of, you know, uh, Brene Brown, mm-hmm. you know, what, being wired for struggle, mm-hmm. but yet um, require human connection. Yeah. Uh, what is that connection? And that's what's so scary. Um, and I know, you know, for time purposes, uh, we may be running. Oh, you're good. Keep close, but, it's a great conversation. Um, you know, what comes up for me is how can I connect with someone and love them and our hearts touch if they're constantly in their phone? Mm-hmm. Right. Or if you're trying to do it through the phone. Or through the phone. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. I would ask, you know, you, Clint, you know, in today's world that's, you know, so, so digitized, um, but yet so sacred and still, you know, uh, jujitsu driven and old school, Mm -hmm. you know, we put labels on things, driven, what keeps you up at night? (sighs) Like, what am I scared of? Like, what? Yeah, what, what haven't you been able to? I won't say fix or control, but what, what haven't you been able to, uh, to communicate to people out there that are struggling? Um, that, uh, I see what yeah, motivates me. Yeah. What motivates you? It just keeps you up at night. It's like, man, if I could just do this or if I could just, you know, what, what drives that, that motor? Mm, well, I'm a two, three on the Enneagram. So what drives my motor is, uh, in an unhealthy way is other people to feel loved. So then they'll return love. Mm. Right. So that's, I know that about myself. So I think one thing is like that drives me is, is people getting to know themselves. Like, I just really want people to understand themselves well, how God's wired them, the image that he's made them particularly in so that they can have insight into why they do what they do. Right. That's the reason the podcast is called asking why I want people to stop long enough and get to know themselves and how much God loves them. And not in this general way, but in this very, like, who are you? Like, like your story, like how'd you get here and what was God doing along that way so that you can see how much God loves you and how good he is, Mm. you know? 
So, so with that, if you know, if we have, if all of us have so much in common, mm-hmm. right? And what is your why? And we were able to connect, whether it be through the hero's journey or, or not, being the hero of of our stories. Um, and we just kind of surrendered all the other stuff. What would that? What do you think that would look like? Do you think it would just be a a crash on the interstate of people, or do you think it would be more of a a surrendering in a, in a morning to say, wow, I've been fighting this for so long. I'm coming, I'm coming to you I mean, and I'm surrendering. Yeah. I mean, I, you're asking I'm really good questions right man, now. But like what, what God's asking you to do is put down all your idols and worship him. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And we don't want to have the, the ego death, which is what I look for every day. It's just ego death. Mm. You know? So I have, I have four or five people around me who know all of my secrets and who will call me on anything that I do. That's outside of what I say I want to be. I talked to a guy, you know, my, my best friend Tyler this morning. And I'm like, I love that. You're not going to let me act like an idiot. You know what I mean? I'm not going (laughs) to say something on a podcast or at a talk or in a book or in a, in a sermon that if I said it, you wouldn't immediately go, Hey bud, can we go to lunch? Yeah. Uh, You said this and that is so not you. That is so not your character. What What's going on with your heart? Mm. Not, hey, dude, you said something wrong. Fix it. But I know you enough and love you and know where you know know who you want to be to see that something's off here. Mm. That's accountability, right? That's sin confession. It's mm. not, hey, I did this bad thing. Stop doing that bad thing. Let's move on. For me, what what comes up with that is, uh, you know, some inner child work. Ooh, yeah, I've done lots of that. You know, I, th- I think, um, you know, it's something I'm still exploring, but who are we as, you know, men to talk to other young men, boys, right? Because they're looking up up to us. You Absolutely. Know? Uh, Jocko has a, a book called Warrior Kid. Yeah, I have it. Uh, it's, you know, yeah. Uncle Jake, and it, it's super, super good. Yeah. Um, There's some rough edges, but it's there, good. There are, uh, for sure. <laughs> but, you know, I used to get yelled at for um, not taking the trash out, and the trash wasn't full. And I would say, you know, I'm very literal. It's like, well, it's not full. I'm not taking it out. And dad was like, well, consolidate it. He didn't explain the why. He just said do. And I'm like, whoa, you know. Um, And so because of my healing journey and then dad, you know, not going on that same journey, we can still have conversations, but it's almost – it's different now, Mm -hmm. right? Because I see him and he sees me, but he doesn't see me in the same light. And so we're not able to connect like we were, we used to. Um, and I want him to get it so bad, like I do. Yeah. But I, I forget of how long, you know, it took me to get to where I am today. Yeah. But yet I still have some of his habits, right? Absolutely. Well, we also forget that we're not the Holy Spirit. Right. And we can get real quick in our desires to, for people to find healing or find health or, you know, our parents to be a certain thing or a friend to be a certain thing to forget that, yeah, it's on the Holy Spirit's timeline. And so all we can do is abide in that and trust in that and keep speaking truth and grace at the same time. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that keeps me up at night is that is, is the church, me wanting to see more people find healing so they can, so more people can experience Jesus in a relationship Mm. versus a lecture. Mm. Right. So there's information and then there's transformation. And Jesus never asked us to lecture people about him. He asked us to be like him. Mm. 
And I think a lot of the American church and the, you know, the Western way of looking at religion and, and scripture is very based on like our ability to communicate information or tell a truth or lecture someone. And, and that's all again, I think been, um, uh, adopted from like American psychology to some degree, it's behavior mm-hmm. modification. It's, you know, religion is don't drunk, drink, don't cuss, don't date anybody who does, mm-hmm. uh, form groups of people who talk to each other about not doing those things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then you have secular psycho- secular psychology. That's kind of the same thing. It's like, well, let's do AA, let's do NA, let's do these things. Let's focus on our behaviors. Let's make sure we don't do these things anymore. And let's put a bunch of things in place to make us. And it's like, where's our heart posture here? Right. Where's who we are in our identity in spite of those things? Like what, how are we getting to those roots? And so Hmm. what I see is the world is adopting these, they're looking for connection. Mm -hmm. They're looking for intimacy. They're looking to be known. They're looking to be loved and valued. Um, and they're not seeing it in us. They're seeing judgment and criticism and hypocrisy and, uh, politics and, you know, all of the things. And then they're going, well, Christianity's stupid. Look at, look at what they, look at this person. They got a cross necklace on and yet they're rapping about this. They got a cross necklace on and yet they're a porn star. They got a cross necklace mm-hmm. on and yet like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. You know? And so then I have to stop and go, well, I was proclaiming Christ 20 years ago while I was going out to the club and drinking and going home with girls and doing whatever I was supposed to be doing. It's not my moral superiority that I got here. It's but for the grace of God. Absolutely. And then I have to humble myself and sit in the chair and go, okay, now I got to sit in that and go, okay, I can't also then be prideful and arrogant to think that I woke up one day and was like, you know, I'm going to make better choices and be a better person. Right. No, it's a daily practice, a gift of God that the Holy spirit convicted me and is working through me. And then I have people in my life that are doing that. And so when we say, okay, what would it look like? to get to that place, what would look like giving up those idols? Mm. It would look like going, I I probably need to get off my phone. You know, I probably need to, when I get home as a dad say, well, honey, I got to work a couple hours. I got to be this, this makes the money. And if I didn't do this, then you wouldn't have this and we wouldn't have this house and our kids wouldn't have this. And then 15 years later, now I don't have a relationship because I worked really hard to make a lot of money. So my kids could be comfortable, but I don't know them. Right. I don't know my wife because I worked really hard to make a bunch of money but I didn't have relationships. Oh, I, we got baseball three times a week and we've got games on the weekend and my kids love that. And, you know, they're mm-hmm. learning about, uh, you know, y- you know, conflict and resolution and friends. Yeah. But we do that. It's, you know, at the cost of Christian relationships and, and friendships and dinner and right. confession and these principles of the Bible that can only be applied if you're doing life together. Right. And so again, it's not that baseball is bad to play or you shouldn't get your kids in sports. It's, are you evaluating how much time you're giving to those things versus the other? Mm. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, when people go, well, what do I want? What you're saying and what I'm saying is I think people want connection. They want to be seen. They want to be known. And if we're Christians and we have the Holy spirit, then we're, we need to do that to fight against the lies that we've been told by Satan, the world and our flesh. Mm hmm. You know, the world tells us we're not good enough. Our flesh tells us and fails us. And then Satan comes in and lies too. And, and man, I need a bunch of people in my life, friends that are close to me that I can trust that what they say about me is true. But man, if I only see them once a month at a dinner and Mm -hmm. I'm in a hard time and then they're telling me, Oh no, you're a good dude. I'm like, I know deep down you don't know me. 
Right. And we do dinner once a week. We go to the same church on Sundays, but you don't really, I know intellectually, you don't know me. Right. So how validating is it going to be to fight against the lies of Satan and the world if the person who's telling you and speaking scripture to you doesn't even know you? Right. That that goes back to what you said about, you know, the, the person being the rat. Oh, yeah. Right? You like, smell it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like, like, yeah, I know what you're saying might be true, but it doesn't matter yeah. that it's true. It's almost stolen valor, right? L- yeah, like you literally. You can definitely see someone, you can look a man in the eyes and say, he's seen something. Yeah. Or anybody, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, windows of the soul, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, I don't have much to say to that because I'm digesting yeah. everything you just said, man, so that's awesome. No, it's fine. I think, you know, that's something that we're in the journey of the last couple of years. And, and I think it's the benefit of sitting with people every day. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <clears throat> for me, it's the more I sit with people, hear their story, hear their pain, see where it's come from. You know, the more I'm like, you know, that's, that's what pastors are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That's what church is supposed to be about is sitting with people and listening to their stories and helping them yeah. find truth and meaning. And the more I do that, the more I have to sit and look in the mirror and go, well, I'm just, you know, I'm thank God for the grace of God that he's in my life. And then I'm able to sit across from these people and talk about these things. And then I leave the office and go do all the same stupid stuff and make all the same mistakes and go to my therapist and my pastor and Mm -hmm. my friends and confess and do the cycle all over again. But that goes back to, um, you know, what you're saying about ego, right? (laughs) And it's, you're almost, it's what's coming to me is, you know, you're being a student learner, uh, and a servant leader at the same time, and that takes a big man uh, to do that. Mm. Also, while filling your uh, filling your cup, obviously, right, taking your 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 hits, your constructive criticism, your mentorship, and then going to be a counselor, you know, for others, running a business, and yeah. and being a being a husband, um, you know, being a father, all, all the things that you have to do, and. Uh, one would think that's enough, right? Yeah, it should be. I think um, what I'm what I'm learning is is that you know, or what I want people to hear in this podcast, our military friends who might be listening, people who have been through hard things, is that you know, all those things we talked about. Whatever it makes me uncomfortable to talk about it in a positive way about me, but it's like you know, those things didn't just get here overnight, and they're not perfect. So if you're out there in the in the trenches right now thinking, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing way a bunch of stuff I don't need to be doing. I'm not worshiping like I should. I'm not reading like I should. You know, all the things you're not doing, right? I've been there on multiple levels at multiple times and will be again. And God is still using me and still using us to do his work. And that's the same for everybody. Right. So Satan's biggest lie is because you're not doing what you should be doing, God can't use you. And then we just sit out of the game, right? We just out of the battle. We're out of the war. We're just sitting on the sideline going, well, I got this stuff from my past or I'm currently struggling with this. And so maybe I'll clean this up and then I'll get in the game. Or maybe I'll, I mean, I can't, I can't go start a men's group. I can't start a nonprofit. I can't go speak to my kids about X, Y, Z. I can't go apologize to my dad. I can't go make amends with this person. I can't start AA because man, I'm doing all these kind of things. And unless I get it all together, and do it perfectly, then I don't want to be a hypocrite. Mm. Right? I don't want to go fail. When people see you the whole time, what you're doing. Yeah, and you know it internally. (laughs) And the process of getting to a place where you're healthier is failing over and over and over again. Yep. Like, if you're not failing, you're not growing. And if you're not uh, doubting, then you're not stretching yourself in any way. If you're just sitting there and everything you're doing in life is comfortable, then you're not in any space where you're growing and learning and and changing. No, you got to be in the arena. Yeah. 
Yeah. But it's that perspective of people of like, well, you've got it all together. You're doing this. Like, oh, you read a book. You did a podcast. You've done these things. And it's like, okay, that's at the long end of a, a lot of mistakes. And I'm sure we'll continue. You know, now I think at 40, I look and I know at 50, I'm going to look back at me right now and go, you yeah. idiot. You know, like you, <laughs> yeah. you idiot. Like you yeah. said this on this podcast, you were doing this with your kids. You thought you had gotten here. And I think that comes with maturity is, is having the self-awareness to go, well, I know I'm, I know I'm an idiot and I know I have a lot more to learn. Right. Where at 30, I would have been like, oh, I got this. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I got this, like I'm right where I need to be. I'm going to figure that's, this yeah, thing out. That's at know. the 17. I know everything. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I appreciate you asking me yeah. and, and let me be a little vulnerable on yeah. here. Um, you know, I'm the one usually interviewing you guys, but you know, well, Hey, you said ask questions yeah, and I, I hope that, you that's know, great. what, what I'll say is, um, because of your vulnerability, um, you've touched a lot of people's lives and I would just say, thank you for being a resource and um, as far as I'm concerned, you're you're lighting up the, the I-20 corridor. Thanks, man. Yeah, from uh, Treeport Bozier all the way to uh, you got Ruston and Monroe West Monroe, right? Yeah. So I mean, um, I don't know many veterans out there that have. Um, I've watched you holistically do it, um, and just pop up. I'm like, man, this guy's good. You know, Thanks, he's man. doing something right. So, just want to honor your journey. Yeah. And you as a man and, and making so much impact on other people's lives. So just don't forget that. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. No, God's been good. And I think uh, <clears throat> my wife and I were talking about that this weekend, that I'm just so thankful to him that, uh, to God, that I'm at a space where, you know, people are like, how's the book going? You know, is it going well? Or how's the TED Talk? Or how's the podcast? And I'm like, I mean, all that stuff's great. Yeah. Ask me about my kids. Right. Like, ask me about how my marriage, that's the stuff that I care about. Right. I mean, I care about all this stuff. I put a lot of time and energy into it because it's important. But I'm at a space right now where I know that if I'm not going home to play board games with my kids, if me and my my wife are not on the same page, all the affirmation in the world from strangers isn't going to matter. Mm-mm. Right? I could look at the 20 reviews, the 50 reviews, the, the book sales, and I could let that go, okay, I am worthy. I am valuable. I'm doing the right thing. God's got me in the right place. And then I go home. And I'm not loving on my wife or being the leader in my household. Yeah. And it means nothing. Yeah. You can't bring the counseling session home, right? No, absolutely yeah. not. I mean, yeah. and you can't bring home all the, all the wafts and affirmations and then go, dude, I can't remember to take the trash out or load the dishes or clean my yeah. sink up before I leave. And yeah. my wife's like, oh, that's cute that somebody said you've changed their life. Could you, right. Could you change our life? Like, I don't want that. I don't want that conflict. I don't want that yeah. pride. I don't. I think, I think that comes up though, naturally for us men yeah, absolutely. because we try to do all things. And I think, you know, women want us to do the basics to provide that security. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, I, I tend to want to overcompensate, Yep. not meaning to, but still hitting that batter in the head instead of, you know, going right down the, the pipe. And so it's got to be objective as much as, you know, you talked earlier about, you know, um, uh, asking, you know, someone's why, right. And I'm sure you did a lot of gratification with the book and, and your success out there and people's response level, but, you know, are people asking you your why, mm-hmm. you know, are people checking in on, on you? Yeah. Right. The one that's checking in on everybody else to, and, and then are they going to be uh, safe and have a good boundary with you and say, you know, Clint needs to be with his family right now. 
let me get back to his book because this is why he created it, maybe as a healthy boundary, right? Yeah, I mean, that is part of the podcast and the book and creating content is that, you know, you can't be everywhere at once. And for me, it's just like the book came out of like, I mean, a lot of people call me and message me about kid issues over the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. Friends, family, church people, pastors. Hey, man, we got this issue. What do I do? And so it just behooved me to go, okay, well, how to create this thing? And even in this conversation, right, this podcast episode right now, I know a week from now some veteran's going to say, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to say, look, I don't, I love you, but I can't go, I can't go with you for an hour, but go listen to me and Grant talk about this thing. I think it'd be very helpful. And then they Google save a warrior and then they get in the hero's journey, you know, and it's like, it's those little things that I want to challenge everybody listening. um, You have in your life, man. Like you have these things in your life that God has wired you and you've experienced that are painful and are, are terrible and are a struggle that God, if you will just lean into him and do the work, he will take those things and he will use them for other people. Yeah. We'll wrap up with this. I think this is the last six months. There's this, I've been talking to this in, in sessions a lot, but there's this really weird and I'm going to butcher it cause I don't have it on hand, but there's a really weird reference in Matthew. Um, and you might know what I'm talking about, but it says, you know, the veil was torn and Christ is resurrected. And it says that, um, that, and then many of the other saints were raised to life and they walked around the city and they were saw by many. And then they entered into the Holy city is what Mm. it says. And I'm like, Mm. I read, I was like, what? Like other people came back to life and were resurrected when Jesus was resurrected. And so I started doing research and looking into it. And it's, and it's this obscure passage that we don't, I don't hear sermons on very often. And what it reminded me of was, you know, was recovery and addiction, recovery in marriage, you know, recovery from an affair, recovery from PTSD. When you're doing the work and the Holy Spirit heals you and restores you, you can't just resurrect on your own. You want to have people mm-hmm. around you mm-hmm. coming back to life with you mm-hmm. and your story be one that goes, this is not about me, right? This is not about Grant or Clint or Chip or whoever else is doing, telling the story. The story is, this is my testimony about what God is doing and how good he is. And um, I've spent a lot of years being afraid of doing that so that I don't feel arrogant or I don't become prideful or people don't think it's about me. And I think what I've been learning the last couple of years is that God is just asking me to be obedient and he's going to work out the rest. Right. Absolutely. And so I encourage you, everybody else, like don't be motivated by you and what you can do. Be motivated by what God's trying to do through you. Absolutely. So that's powerful. I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, And your story, I appreciate your sacrifice and service. And as I told you before, you know, anything you got going on that I can support any veterans you want to send our way, or I need to come speak at or help you, man. I, I love what you're doing. And I love that you're using your hero's journey. And I know it's relatively new. You've been in therapy and working through that child stuff, but man, if I can tell you that stuff is so rich and so healing and so freeing. So keep doing the hard work. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate that. And, um, you know, if I may say one sure. thing, um, just because, you know, Clint and I are sitting here, you know, talking as humans doesn't mean we have it all figured out. Oh God, no. You know, and uh, healing uh, hurts worse than the trauma itself. And so I'm honestly, I'm avoiding some things that I'm about to have to face, um, you know, right in this moment. You know, so um, I appreciate you, man, and uh, the feeling's mutual. Yeah. Uh, so it's an honor to um, continue to serve, you know, uh, as Christians, as, as warriors for Christ uh, here um, on this, you know, uh, planet. 
yeah <laughs> in this room um in this town and uh, if there's anything you ever need uh feelings mutual i appreciate it absolutely where can people kind of follow you or find you or what what can they do to kind of support you yeah so um uh, grant rogers on on facebook um coach grant rogers on instagram and then uh, same on linkedin um one thing that that i want to piggyback off of what you said is uh, this isn't necessarily about me um, because if you do come uh, to me or my um, just platform we'll call it um, I'm gonna uh, resource you out to uh, Save a Warrior um, uh, the Stella Center for the Stella Ganglion Block with Dr. Shauna Springer um, Acadiana Veterans Alliance down south and uh, let's see Mighty Oats uh, Foundation uh, Chad Robichaud Uh, he's from he's a Louisiana native um, and I believe that's it. There, there's a few others, but that's enough to, to get you going. Um, and, uh, the, the Bible, if you don't have one, just open it up. Um, you can start there. That's, that's the biggest resource. So start there and, uh, just know if you do reach out to me, I'm happy to help, but, um, not, not staying up till till 3 a.m. helping you. I got you, man. Well, thanks, dude. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. And as usual, God bless you and have a great week.